Welcome back, brother, to a, another episode of Consciousness and Leadership, the podcast for truth-seeking souls. I am your facilitator, your guide, and your comrade in arms, Ghost Cat Blood, also known by the name my parents gifted me, Spencer Raymond Madden. And you are in for an absolute treat tonight, brother. I am super excited to be bringing on a legendary masculine leader who has been absolutely tearing it up for a long time. I've been following him for uh, a number of years now. We've had some exchanges. He's been on a prior event that my queen and I hosted, and he is just bringing 5D consciousness coming through at such a high level. So I'm excited for this conversation. We don't really have anything planned. We're going to just twist and wind and let the flow and source guide uh, wherever this is going to go. So without further ado, I'd love to welcome you, Kevin Oroz, to the podcast. Thanks for being here, brother. Yes, thank you, brother, for that epic intro. It's great to be here, Spencer. And uh, yeah, bless up to the family listening in. Awesome. So we were just talking about language and the word apocalypse and how that's really been misconstrued uh, in, in the mainstream, in the narrative of a lot of people. We're seeing just a lot of seemingly external chaos going on, people storming the Capitol, the illusion starting to dissolve. So I just love to kick it over to you and just transmit to the brothers, like what, what are you seeing unfolding here on this planet right now? Yeah, beautiful. Let's dive right in to the heart of the storm here. I mean, um, what I see unfolding on this planet is what happens when a planetary species goes through a maturation process. In scientific terms, you could call it a equilibrium burst or an evolutionary bottleneck. That's how I look at it. Once upon a time, I was pretty geeked out on anthropology and evolutionary psychology. And, I, and that's what's happening as a species. Now, from a cosmological level, um, energetically, and if you want to go as far as, you know, dimensionally, the earth is changing very rapidly. So the, the absolute shit show we see on the mainstream media is like a really bad B movie um, reflecting old paradigm and regimes um, no longer able to survive or subsist in the new paradigm, the new earth. And... This is kind of programmed into a lot of the religious thinking, um, the big three, you know, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, they all have apocalyptic into the world, doom and gloom codes written into their source texts. And those are actually distortions because the original word apocalypse in Greek, which we were just riffing about before we hit record, um, there's nothing negative about it. It means veils removed or revealed. It's a great revealing or a great um, unveiling. So it actually means going from darkness to light not light to darkness. So that's, that's a reversal that's been put into language. And a lot of people have this idea that the world's going to end and everyone's going to die and it's going to suck and it's the zombie apocalypse. And from one perspective, that's pretty accurate. Like things are going to get really, really weird. And we're seeing that, yeah, a lot of people are suffering and, and I, and I don't speak into this from a place of um, disregarding the suffering in the world. Cause there's plenty. Um, but I also refuse to feed into or give into these victim storylines or this idea that the human species 
you know, is better off enslaved or, you know, not taking responsibility for our destiny. And that's really what this comes down to. Mm, I love that. This is right on the theme that I've been talking a lot about with other masculine leaders. And there's this whole concept of humanity getting so far away from our individual sovereignty and our sovereignty within our communities and really handing our power um, consciously and unconsciously to outside sources, whether you want to call that the system, the matrix, the NAA, whatever it would be. So I'd love to hear your take on how can humans, how can the men listening step more into sovereignty and really start begin to pave this this way this evolution you know back to the heart um and away from you know some of these these false timelines that are being pervaded in the mainstream media yeah i mean it's always an inside job right spencer so you got to start within it's cliche but the best thing you can do for your relationships and your community and in the world and the species um, is get your get your house in order. It's the classic Jordan Peterson wisdom. Um, clean up your room, you know, organize your life, your finances, your emotions, your psychology, your, your commitments, your discipline. Like, what, what, is, what do your habits look like, right? It's the classic, like, you know, Aristotle, create your habits, and then the habits create you. And so this is why I'm really into you know, various practices to get into flow states, to trigger high performance, to become more embodied, more relaxed, more creative, more joyful, more ecstatic, orgasmic. I mean, this is, this is our natural state, um, but the way that the, the matrix has conditioned us from birth, especially if you're raised in the West, some of you might have been blessed that you were, you were raised in an alternative way, so you didn't get these imprints, but it's all about, you know, sit down, shut up, grind, work, you know, like deny your feelings, you know, so it really starts by getting really honest with yourself and unplugging anything inside of your lifestyle that's draining or leaking your energy. And a big place to start is your thoughts. So are you giving negative self-talk to yourself? Are you training your subconscious? Is it constantly betraying you or self-sabotaging you? Are you constantly putting yourself or others down? It's a great place to start. Um, thought, word, and deed. I mean, this is this is the, the esoteric science of creating yourself is observe your thoughts, detach from them, observe your language and create reality with your language. So your language is another big front line that I often find with people I work with and with myself studying myself for years now on this journey is, is, a, is a really strong place to apply effort to create the effects you want because it's a big cause. Um, obviously your body is your temple. So you got to get your body right. Um, it's going to be really hard to unplug humanity from tyrannical systems and go on this big crusade to change the world with lofty ideals. If you're still eating, you know, poisonous food, if you're not drinking clean water, if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not in right relationship with sexuality and, and the feminine, if you're not in right relationship with, you know, discipline and purpose, and you have aims and goals and you commit to them. So these are all things you have to take stock of. Once you've powered up and you are flowing big energy and you are training and disciplined and you are like feeling strength and you have overflow, now we can start talking about finding the others, organizing and creating the reality you want to see in your local community. You don't need to go to Washington, D.C. 
and pick it and storm the capital. You don't need to go and, and try to fight these, these monolithic ancient dinosaur powers on earth. You need to find the others in your local community. Start with the five people you're most connected with and create shared reality. Be vulnerable, show up, help each other, love one another. This is the, this is the old ancient stuff. You know, Christ says it in the Bible. You know, every religious text talks about it. This is the Sangha. This is the Satsang. This is the village. This is the tribe. This is really where uh, I see the world going. And the internet's beautiful because even if you feel isolated, you're never alone because you can find the others online. Mm, I love that. So much goodness in there for the brother. I'm sure there's going to be some rewinding of, of this on Spotify to take a few notes there. I'd love to go a little bit deeper into this language piece. I know you mentioned at the start that you really feel that this is one of the key ways that men can take themselves from being, you know, just an average man into, you know, this masculine leader archetype of the new earth who really is grounded in the earth and connected to the stars as well. So what are some of these, these language tweaks per se, or things that the man should be looking out for in order to really take himself deeper into this language piece? That's a great question. You know, if you really observe your language or actually it's much easier to observe others, right? At first, if you observe others, people's, other people's language. And again, I'll name drop a few people that are helpful that have really helped me, you know, Jordan Peterson, the way he refers to language and in his books and lectures, there's just wealths of information. Um, Mark England, I don't know if it's still up, but uh, he had a course called Procabulary that was incredible um, that I came across many years ago that organized what I was already realizing in a beautiful way. Um, and one of the first things to notice about language is what to eliminate. So in, in that course by Mark England, he talks about weasel words. And I think this is pointed out by Neil Strauss as well in his books. But uh, basically a lot of people use words like I can't, I should, I need this. And these words make you weak. And you can instantly notice it when you speak, how it makes your body feel. Does it physiologically strengthen you? Does it integrate where you wanna stand up straight, eyes forward, chest up? powerful or does it make you feel kind of like you want to shrink does it make you feel like you are weakening your field and i mean on all levels energetically emotionally psychologically physically multi-dimensionally and you'll see this in other people right where they are speaking into something you notice the excitement you feel their energy and all of a sudden they come up with this victim language they come up with these slave codes that have been implanted into language and their moods and emotions transmitted through vocabulary. So they'll say things like, well, I would do so-and-so, I would start this brand and business, I've always wanted to, but yeah, I can. I, I, I really should just like stick with my job and pay rent. Or I can't do that because I need this person to get back to me. Or, you know, another really tricky one is when you are constantly putting things in the future. Well, when I have this, then I can do that. And you constantly are just hiding from yourself in language. And a lot of people might be thinking as they hear this, well, it's just language, like actions speak louder than words, right? Well, everything we know about neuroscience and psychology actually points both ways. It's quantum, it's both and. Yes, actions speak louder than words. You can judge a lot by someone's character, by their actions, and maybe they're not a wordsmith. Maybe they're not 
using language at the same level that their action is that, that exists, but by and large in all my client work and all the coursework I've done for students and people in my, in my life. And it's been an amazing gift for me. And I love giving it to people and showing them these modalities. Language is the front line for so many of us. We spend a lot of time in the mental body and in language, social media, the screens, the language starts with how you talk to yourself. So you got to police your self-talk if you want to step into this. You know, instead of saying, I have to, you can upgrade. I get to do this. I'm so grateful. That's a very simple one. Well, I have to pay rent. That's something you want to avoid. That's weakening. I get to pay rent. I'm so grateful that I have this amazing home and a, and a warm bed to sleep in at night. I'm protected and provided for by the universe and nature. Completely changes your vibration, completely changes your reality. These are the small little incremental changes you can make to have a massive cascade effect in your life and in your mindset. Mm, beautiful. Lots, lots of small tweaks that I add up. I know on my, for myself, when I'm writing posts or I'm writing comments, I gotten in the habit where I actually, I vet before I send. Um, and I'll even go back and edit when I drop a word like need, because you can just feel you're reading along and all of a sudden energetically, the vibration of the post just drops when you, say that word or another one is want. I know when people say want, it sounds just, uh, it just crushes the vibration. So thank you for sharing that. And there was a piece in there that I'd like to explore where you mentioned language, some of these lower, lower vibrational pieces of language being a, a slave code. So I'd love to just explore like what are these slave codes in your opinion and how do we continue to break free because I know there's been a lot out there of you know the solstice is going to change it the vibrations changing we're all going to 5d and here we are a month you know getting close to a couple weeks later and the vibration has changes there's lots of light coming in and we're you know a lot of people are realizing it wasn't this instant enlightened changeover there's still a lot of work to be done a lot of healing to be done um, and a lot of this slave coding to be released so I'd love to just explore what are this? What are the slave codes? What are some of them? And you know, how can these masculine leaders ensure that they can break free of them? Yeah, this is brilliant. Um, big, big topic. And I want to I want to couch what I'm saying. And, you know, I want to invite everybody into ownership, do your own research, feel into your body, ask your intuition, your heart, what's true for you because that's the only thing that's going to matter to you. Um, so take everything with a big fat pink Himalayan grain of salt. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the truth for me, and this, this arrived in my consciousness before I quote unquote awakened and really got on the bandwagon of um, higher dimensional humanity, you know, the potential of humanity and all of the conscious lifestyle practices, et cetera. Um, just by studying history, I noticed very clearly because I was like, I wanted to be a historian at one point and I was studying the history of war, the history of empires. And, you know, you go all the way back to Mesopotamia, Ur, Babylon, Assyria, you know, from the beginning, there is a master and slave dialectical occurring in history. And that, that, was, that was codified in language by Hegel. I highly recommend reading Hegel of, of the older philosophers. Um, 
He has a lot to say about this. And basically the long short of it is uh, tyrannical power and dominance has been the language of civilization for a long time. And within that, there's a slave class. And unfortunately, you know, we know that very recently in, in the United States with the practice of slavery, but you got to realize that slavery as a practice, that's just one aspect. A big part of this whole game that these old powers have been playing is to systematically disempower and disenfranchise human beings. So they police and enslave themselves. It's a mind game. It's not about people in chains, you know, plowing fields, although that has also happened that is an atrocity. You know, this is a very subtle game. And so you got to ask yourself, why is our language? And this is a real mind fuck if you go down this rabbit hole. Why is our language so good at describing technical and material phenomenon? Look at language. How many words are there to describe the various pieces of technology? How many different words are there for leptons and quarks and neutrinos and antipositrons? I mean, look at the language of science and just in English, right? I'm an English speaker. Um, I'm sure this is true of many languages out there. Look at the language of science and what is available to, for description. Now look at the, the language for emotion, human emotion, the most core experience inner world that we all share as all human beings. It's completely impoverished. I feel sad. I feel happy. I love you. I hate you. I'm good. I like you. It's, it's embarrassing and insane and absurd to me that our language is so good at describing the material world and its objects, which is a beautiful endeavor. I'm not putting that down. It's a, the work of science and the work of all branches of the natural studies of this planet is a beautiful endeavor. And let's, uh, let's describe ourselves in a better way. We get to describe ourselves in a better way. So when I look at this, you know, is this a coincidence? Could, could the people that adapted Germanic, you know, various Germanic languages and Latin and all, all of these brilliant, brilliant men and women, our ancestors, could, this, could they just have forgotten that maybe we should describe human beings? And, you know, I really subscribe to the idea that there's no such thing as coincidence intentionality is pervasive in existence. Now, it's not always conscious intentionality, but there are a lot of things about the English language, again, a mindfuck, that to me is something I would call a slave code. Some examples. When I see you in the morning, I say, good morning. What is morning? Morning is what you do when something has died. Why are the days of the week the weak days. Why aren't they strong days? You know, these are simple. And, and for some people, this will be absurd. But when you study the science of etymology, when you study the science of mimetics, which is the, the gene units of ideas and language, when you study the science of cultural anthropology and comparative linguistics, and you look at the core and roots of words and language, I mean, this stuff goes really deep. This is a whole podcast. Um, mm -hmm. but just, I invite people to really question language. It's not a coincidence that certain words are homonyms and synonyms, and they are disempowering. Um, it's also not a coincidence that when you look at cymatics, which is the vibrational frequency and the, and the sound that creates an image. So if you put sand or a liquid dynamic or water on a speaker or a surface, and then 
play a frequency or a music or speak, it forms sacred geometric patterns. And what you realize is all of the most powerful patterns that we know of to coincide with natural law. And again, do your research. This is a whole body of work. Many people much smarter than me have done. Um, the English language has literally had these vowels and sounds removed. The language that we know that's extant, that is, is not spoken, but still exists in writing that does have all of, or at least what my, to my understanding, most of these sacred, powerful sounds, vowels, consonants, that in cymatics form the geometries of life, of nature, is Sanskrit. And there's actually a lot of other dialects um, from the ancient East and the ancient West um, that produce these sounds. So all that to say, Spencer, um, our language has been very, very edited, just like the code you would read in the white paper of a program. Mm, beautiful. And at a high level, Kevin, like, like whom do you believe or know to be these editors when we, when we rise above the, 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 you know, people policing people like the average person policing, you know, kind of like what's going on with lockdowns and curfews and stuff. Like what's the higher level here? Like, do you see this as other races? Do you see this as hybrids? Do you see this as, you know, multidimensional beings? I'd love to hear a little bit of your take around that. Yeah, this is, this is fascinating. I mean, I haven't come to a lot of conclusions. I mean, I've been fascinated by the possible, I mean, not the possibility. I mean, I've known since I was a child that we're obviously not alone in the universe. It's completely absurd. It's like going into the rainforest and picking up one like snail or beetle and then asking it, you know, are you the only beetle species? And then believing they are when they're in a massive rainforest of interstellar space. And there's, there, there must be logically with zero direct experience, many, many, many species and civilizations in our galaxy and in our universe. So that, that, that's like the, for me, the, the starting point. Now as to who, who, what, and why, you know, there's so many narratives out there and, and I don't really, I don't really trust a lot of them because um, they're just so full of red herrings, misinformation, disinformation. And that's, that's a big takeaway for 2020 and 2021. And really it's, you know, as far back as 2001 and 9-11 is when I first was really like, oh, okay, something's happening. Um, we're in an information war and it's asymmetrical. So, you know, it's hard to know what's true. Now, it's pretty clear to me that, well, the editors of the language were humans, for sure, in power. Um, and there's like, there's a lot of evidence that, you know, the 1% or whatever, it's actually far smaller than that, the 0.1% of these families that have been ruling a lot of the planet and have passed power and money and wealth and influence down through the generations. And, you know, I think of them as predators um, so or parasites. They are a being in a system of beings. And you can go into psychology of why there's like psychopaths or whatever and genes and low empathy and all these things. But that class of humans has systematically sought to consolidate power on this planet throughout human history. And it's really interesting why that is. Now, are there other species that are doing the same? I think it's, it's, it's very likely. Um, it's also very likely that 
they've been working together. And so the real question to me is, why is it that so much of world events, when looked at through the scope of history, repeat endlessly? And we have things like the movie, The Matrix, where, you know, are we living on a farm? Are we living on a battlefield? Like, what is this planet and what is the history of it? So, I mean, the long, short answer to your, to your question, Spencer, is, you know, are we in an interstellar war? Are we, are we in a timeline war? You know, this is, this is beyond um, other species and our galactic community. Um, this is dimensions and timelines. So we're, we're in a complete, you know, multi-dimensional question mark. And I, I think it's pretty incredible that we get to be here now having this conversation. And I think all of humanity is going to have to come to terms with some of this information um, in our lifetimes, in the next 10, 20, 50 years. And I mean, I'm excited for homo sapiens, sapiens, the twice thinking ape, you know, and the God, the ape and the God, you know, we share in both natures, we were incredible beings. And this level of information and, and, the, and the, the truth, as far as we can tell of our history of our origins of our destiny in the universe and on this planet is all going to have to be revealed very soon. Yep, it's definitely coming. Now, I want to just continue on that 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 flow around multi multi dimensions, multi dimensional, because I know a lot of the brothers listening are very much, you know, this is some of the first, you know, the first real foray they've had into thinking about multi dimensional and spirit guides and other, you know, outside of the, you know, ET phone home kind of aliens. So I'd love to hear from you, like what, like what, what is multi dimensionality in relation to, you know, a, a brother who's listening to this a fellow masculine leader? I mean, a good place to start with talking about dimensions and dimensionality is the mind and nature of mind. And we don't have to posit, you know, like, you know, Avengers in game or infinity war. where like, we have all these dimensions and timelines of heroes battling, you know, which, which is an awesome representation on another level in science fiction and well, maybe some science fact in there too slipped in, but uh, the mind itself is fourth dimensional, right? So we can think of 3d as the X, Y, Z axis. And we have like 3d space and you can like walk around and, you know, I'm over here and you're over there and there's, there's depth and width and height. And there's, you know, we're in this, this matrix, this physical matrix, and that's a dimension. And then we have, you know, 2D and 1D, right? Like your geometry class from high school. The fourth dimension deals with time. And it also deals with the potential of different 3D instances in time. And your mind does this all the time. You're an expert at this without even trying. Memory foresight, speculation, thought itself is, is, is another dimension of space and time. So in your mind, you can construct an entire 3D reality and change it. And in your mind, you can predict the 3D reality you're in now. And in your mind, you can remember the 3D reality you used to inhabit. So that's a whole dimension right there. So already for a lot of men, I imagine, 
a big part of your lifetime is going to be spent mastering your mind in the fourth dimension and helping it become your servant and not your master and helping it help you like a loyal dog or a loyal companion serve you to create the most powerful and benevolent and life-giving and fulfilling timeline for you because the mind can navigate time it can bind time it can release time it can store time the mind is an incredible 4d instrument now once we go beyond the fourth dimension we go into what's really hot right now in the spiritual community the, the fifth dimension right 5d and 5d to my understanding is when the first four dimensions have gone up an octave right into the fifth dimension which is a complete new version of the first four because they each they're like a fractal they recapitulate so 5d earth can be thought of as the golden age where wow we have energy water soil air sovereignty wow we have government that serves the people and is for the people actually embodied wow we're living in harmony with gaia and the feminine and nature and we're not destroying each other with war, or greed, or famine, or control and dominance. So that's an idea in the fifth dimension, because the fifth dimension is apparently a higher vibration or density, a higher frequency. And it involves a new layer of the mental, emotional, physical body. So when your vibration increases, and you can think about this on an emotional level, right? The lowest vibrations being shame, guilt, fear trauma you know these these vibrations are very like oh it makes you want to collapse into your body it makes you feel awful it lowers your ability to be aware of your environment to make good decisions to love um, very high vibrations like gratitude joy ecstasis ecstasy these these high vibrations are super expansive your brain and your your neurons are firing you're hyper creative you're hyper loving your, your cells are literally healthy on a on a on an atomic molecular level the body responds to this stuff. So in that higher dimensional reality, you're, you're sustaining that energy is my understanding. And, and you have access to it right now. You and I have access to it. You know, it's, it's something we're learning to sustain and travel into. So just think about, I mean, if you want to anchor the fifth dimension right now as a man, you know, just think about the best day of your life. Anchor a memory using your fourth dimensional mind of the most expansive, creative, on purpose, where you could feel God, goddess, the life intelligence working through you. And things were going your way, you were manifesting and you could feel the power of cause and effect flowing through you. And you were and you were in, in love in joy with existence. That was a fifth dimensional experience. And the idea of a fifth dimensional sustained experience, I think is what this planet really wants. And as far as the 21st and the great solstice and alignment, you know, the idea that we're just going to all ascend like the rapture and we're just going to go into like, you know, the galactic federation lands and we're just in like, you know, peace and love for everybody. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful notion, but it's quite naive in my mind. The reality is that when you shine light, high levels of light, right, into a dark corner, you know, the cockroaches and the bats and the, the creepy crawlies, they scatter. And then the light shines on the really icky places where the light hasn't been. And so it's actually quite horrifying when you turn on the light in certain places. And so we shouldn't be surprised that some crazy shit is coming out in the world and the illusions are falling. And geopolitically, economically, the world's going through a storm. 
and it's going and it's going to get worse before it gets better from the mainstream perspective and, the, and that narrative. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So I'd love to hear what, what do you feel it's going to take for us, you know, humanity, the masculine leaders to truly raise the frequency to 5D? Obviously, starting with ourselves and taking care of our own, our own ability. But what is what are some of these other things that you feel must occur in order to raise the entire planet up? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I ask myself that often. Um, I'll, I'll start micro. I mean, it does come back, and it's it's not what everyone wants to hear, right? It starts with you. It starts with your discipline. You know, how do you spend your money? How do you spend your time? Where does your attention and consciousness go? Are you creating a better reality for you and your relationships and your inner circle? And then are you spiraling that out into your community? Are you connected to Gaia and the earth? Do you listen to nature? You know, these are, these are places where if a lot of men, if a lot of women, if a lot of beings do that in, in larger and larger numbers and they gather and organize, the whole species starts to shift. And that's happening. And so that's like the micro fractal that's spiraling up. And then on the macro, you know, to really see it and, and ground in. And I was having a, a beautiful conversation with a dear brother in India yesterday about this, a former teacher who's an incredible yogi. Um, and he had a brilliant point. He's like, you know, the people at the top have to awaken. They're awakening, you know, and by the top, I mean, people who are controlling global markets, who are controlling governments, who have massive decision power that can affect entire GDPs and entire economies and regions. When these people awaken, you know, we can have the macro systems start to mirror those micro systems that we've already formed in the village and in the tribe and truly see things like energy sovereignty. That's going to be a big one. A lot of the war and a lot of the suffering on this planet is, is because of scarcity and energy scarcity. So we're going to have to see things like, you know, Tesla has already laid it out for us and he, he fully tapped into the zero point field and the infinite energy available just in the, the zero point vacuum, which is now being well studied by many people in the seam Harriman comes to mind. A lot of these guys, mm -hmm. and there's a benevolent way to do that that doesn't create like 5g and you know the, the negative side of that technology which is weaponized so that's going to have to happen you know we're going to have to have water sovereignty there's 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 untold amounts of clean crystalline fresh living water in this planet and on this planet that is being abused and and, and trapped and so it's absurd that people are drinking poisonous water and, and all humans don't have water so that that's got to shift same thing with soil and food. Same thing with our money and our currency and the financial system, which is why I'm excited about Bitcoin. As of yesterday, Bitcoin crossed a trillion dollar market cap globally, which is amazing. You know, there's, there's big things we have to do with governance. You know, this isn't about democracy versus communism. This is how do we organize human beings in a way where we don't kill, lie and cheat and steal from each other. You know, and, and there's plenty of technology around that, around the council, around, you know, listening to the elders. A lot of the indigenous tribes have technology and ways to govern 
Now, the problem is they're used to governing smaller groups and tribes, mm -hmm. Dunbar's number. Mm -hmm. Most humans can only be emotionally connected fully to about 150 or 200 people. And we inherit this from living nomadically, living in tribes, living in villages. I don't think that's a limitation, though. I, I truly believe, and, if, and this is, brings in everything, the multidimensionality, the, the rise of, of organic tech that is actually life-giving, not the transhuman tech that's enslaving. I, I really see that we can do it globally as a planet. Um, there's, if we have cousins and relatives out there in the galaxy, you know, they've done it before. So it's not like we have to reinvent the wheel. I believe we have a lot of support. Nature herself wants to support us into this. So long story short, it starts with you, starts with me. And it starts with telling the new story as well. Besides all the action pieces and technical and solution-based pieces, you know, it's going to start with interpersonal relating, emotional healing, and telling a new story, a new mythology like we are right now. Mm, that's, that's beautiful. There's a lot in there. One thing that, that comes up for me is this whole idea of not everyone, not every soul is necessarily meant to transition to this 5D. And there's this, you know, the whole concept out there in the spiritual community of, you know, all of this energy coming in, you know, activating DNAs, changing our bodies. You know, I know a lot of you know, quote unquote spiritual people, people who are very aware going through a lot of physical upgrades right now with their body. And I also see people who are very trapped in the matrix getting seemingly more bogged down and trapped into the matrix. Like, do you see that there might be some sort of timeline split? Do you feel that, you know, there may be a mass exodus of souls to clear, like to clear out for Gaia's rising? What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, that's a touchy one. I mean, it's, well, I mean, I'll, I'll give both perspectives here. I'm not going to coddle anyone. Um, on a logical, more maybe more left-brained level, and I just, again, on, on a studying history and studying biology and evolution, um, and it's not personal to people, and, and it's, in a way, there's a beauty to it. Um, you know, when species make big transitions, and obviously, we're not just any species, you know, we're not like a flock of seagulls or sea lions or something, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking deeply, deeply sensitive, hyper intelligent beings. And, you know, when species transition, there's always a big die off, you know, that that's, a, that's a pretty common thing in nature. Evolutionary bottlenecks, you know, mass mutation, mass shift. It, it's a very tumultuous time for a species. And so there's a lot of, of people that could be left behind, you know, whether that's natural disaster, war, you know, a lot of the turmoil, the world's in a very precarious place right now. And I don't see World War III as like World War II or people are bombing and going to kill each other and punch and shoot each other. We're seeing something very different. We're going to see, we're already seeing um, massive geopolitical change and economic change. That's going to lead to, unfortunately, uh, probably a lot of death. And the perspective or reframe here is that, you know, of the souls that are leaving the planet, you know, I really believe in free will and I believe in these, these soul contracts that are 
that are chosen. They're not imposed upon souls, they're chosen. So now there's, there's, that doesn't lessen the, the grief and the pain and the suffering of human beings. So it's, it's tricky. And this is one of the traps I think a lot of the conscious community gets into as they are just bypassing the humanity of a lot of people. For example, with COVID, mm. people who are losing loved ones, you know, it's like, well, they're, they're, they're ascending in their own way. They're leaving the body and it's all meant to be blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but that person just lost their father. That person just lost their grandmother, you know? So we have to be more human, not less human. And we have to really go down into those, those wounded parts. And, you know, death, death is part of life. They're, they're, they're a snake eating each other. And it's a, it's a cycle. It's a, it's a beautiful cycle. Now, as far as like, yeah, the ascension or whatever that means, um, will there be a lot of people left behind, like in the biblical rapture? I don't actually think so. I don't, I don't think that's, that's going to be necessary or that's what it's going to take. We have the technology and the medical abilities and the natural healing abilities to take everybody with us or to everybody goes together with Gaia and with this planet. And I, I hold a timeline and a vision where that's possible. Looking at history, looking at the world, will that be the outcome? I don't know. So it's hard. It's really hard to say. Yeah, it's a very interesting time to be, you know, running around as the soul in the, this human experience, this human vehicle with a massive, a massive question mark, a massive amount of potential and a huge opportunity to be this pattern interrupt now just to close off kevin i know with you being you know in in this in this sphere in this world the spiritual world there's there's this this notion that what is happening on earth right now is having a lot of interest you might say from other dimensions other species other beings like what, it, what is your take on earth being this extremely unique environment that is truly like a microcosm of what's going on and, you know, beyond the realms that, that we see? Well, I, I think there's a, there's a beautiful metaphor of the earth as this oasis, this island, this jewel, this garden planet that is both protected and coveted. In the galactic community and i not i'm no expert on this but i think it's it's safe to say that you know the forces of the dark and the light and everything in between are present as this this planet really births a a species that can become a galactarian you know there's this idea that there's a great filter so when life evolves on a planet there's a great filter when they annihilate themselves they regress or they reach through the filter and they go through a massive metamorphosis like the butterfly breaking out of the caterpillar's chrysalis and they change orders of magnitude to go through the birthing to well leave the planet set sail in the stars you know you know humanity are explorers or pioneers we, we we call a big part of human history was just us spreading out over the surface of this planet so it's only natural that we'll spread out into space and into our solar system and galaxy. So, um, yeah, I think Earth is a free will zone as well. So how that plays out and how we choose to do it as humans is up in the air. Anything could happen. 
I, I really am optimistic at the end of the day because of all the multidimensionality, because of God, goddess, the life intelligence. There's so much love and support for us right now and in this transition on all dimensions and time space levels that I really think we're going to do it. And we are doing it right now. We've already done it in another, in another sense, right? That's the, the crazy thing about time. Yeah, I've always held the vision that we've anchored the new earth in and now we're just shaking away some of the, you know, some of the cobwebs, even if it might seem seemingly intense on the outside and to, to really anchor this in. Now, just to close off here, Kevin, you had mentioned uh, the heart and love throughout. And for me, this, this is really the, the beacon and our guidance system for masculine leaders stepping up into that higher octave into that 5d and and then raising that hand out and that vibration to you know help others and contribute to them continuing to step deeper into their heart so i'd love to just hear from you like you know what what does love mean what does the heart mean and what is the you know the impacts on us stepping up into the 5d I mean, Osho used to say, and I, and I, and I do love his, his work, um, you know, if you live from the mind, you live as a beggar. You're just trying to get love. You're begging. And it's, it's, it's quite sad because that's how a lot of people live. Um, when you live in the heart, you're an emperor. You're abundant and generous because you're just overflowing. And it's something in my life that I strive every day to, to embody more and I, and I fall and get up and remember all the time and it's living from that place of if you're truly loving and you truly have awareness and you put your awareness and your focus and action on love and it's so cliche but actually do it is not a simple well it's, it's a simple thing it's not always an easy thing you have so much to give as a man as a masculine leader as a king as a warrior you have so much to give and if you can connect to that and give your voice, give your heart, your deeds, protect and provide for the, for the feminine, for nature, for your brothers, you know, you, you become an emperor. You become a benevolent, beautiful force on this planet. And it's as simple as flowing your emotion, organizing your energy and space and giving, acting from that place. And that doesn't mean that you don't go through valleys and shadows and you don't go through pain and there's not questioning and sorrow and rage. It's sacred. And that's the power of the heart. It's a, the heart is a bridge. It's, a, it's an alchemical chamber. So it can transmute anything. And that's its superpower. So a big part of humanity is really occupying, evolving, transmuting and maturing into that heart center and we're doing it together it's a beautiful way to conclude kevin how can the brother who's listening follow along i know you have a super potent podcast um, and some other things going on so we'd love to hear how they can connect yeah thanks for having me spencer this has been a this has been a wild one really enjoyed this um yeah, I mean, I'm all over social media. You can search my name, Kevin Oris, O-R-O-S-Z, um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, 
at Kev underscore Oroslan on the gram. KevinOros.com. You can check out my podcast, my book, Sex, Masculinity, and God. It's available on Amazon. It's a deep dive into the more philosophical and metaphysical levels of, of sexuality, masculinity, and, and religion um, with my two co-authors. That one's really, I'm really proud of that one that just came out two months ago. Um, I also have an online course, flowstatemastery.com, which is a six-week course to master your morning routine and high-performance habits. And that's just like, that's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, my second course is coming out soon, which is Masculine Mastery. So stay tuned for that. If you hop on my mailing list, you'll be the first one to grab that at a steal of a price. And that's covering King, Warrior, Magician, and Lover, four primary archetypes of a man. And we need strong men right now on the planet. And uh, yeah, I'm a stand for that. So really grateful for you, Spencer, and for you embodying the, the beautiful qualities of your king and for doing this work and all the work I know you do with with Jenna and, and it's just like your whole brand. Big props, brother. Awesome. Thank you, Kevin. I received that. And to the brother who's listening, we're both Kevin and I are grateful that the frequency matched for you to devote some of your, you know, your precious time and energy to this conversation. I truly trust that you got a lot of valuable and value out of it and make sure that you take what resonates, leave what doesn't and deep dive into some of these things that Kevin suggested. Um, it's going to be able to take your masculinity to the next level. And I look forward to hosting another episode of consciousness and leadership, the podcast for truth seeking souls in the near future. Be blessed. <laughs>